Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Appreciate you tuning in, as always. Got another great episode lined up for you this week. A sort of Halloween-flavored episode. I spoke with Lauren Boyle, known as La La Lauren Boyle on most social media platforms. She is an illustrator whose work pretty much all has a bit of a spooky and dark bent. She was a really interesting and fun conversation. In spite of her dark imagery, she was pretty bubbly, happy, full of sunshine. She talks a little bit about that during the interview, actually. And it was a really fun interview. One of the highlights is that she did the label for Moon River Brewery's Halloween beer this year, their Boo Hag Black IPA. And she talks about how that all worked out and doing commercial work such as that label. Really interesting conversation, one that I think you're going to find is a lot of fun, and her work is really, really beautiful and dark and interesting, so can't wait to share that one with you. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column right here at SavannahNow.com in the entertainment section. Last week, I had the great opportunity to speak with Masa Yousefi, the Iranian-born artist whose work is vibrant, beautiful, explosions of color, stuff that I really, really love. A great conversation that you'll want to check out if you happen to miss that. And I've done previous episodes with Parkside artists, Jimmy Butcher, and so much more. Check them all out at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. But let's get to this week's episode. Again, Lauren Boyle also known as Lala Lauren Boyle on all of the social media platforms that she's a part of, talking about her practice, her background, and how she put together the label for Moon River Brewery's latest seasonal release. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I am speaking by Zoom with Lauren Boyle. You can find her at La La Lauren Boyle on Instagram. Spooky illustrations of Lauren Boyle by La La Lauren Boyle on Etsy. Lauren Boyle art and illustration on Facebook, all over the place. And I kind of, before we get into the details here, and I mentioned this very briefly before we started talking for the interview here, Lauren, but I, you know, came across your work because I'm a huge nerd and I love playing tabletop RPGs. And I was looking for fantasy art, probably for some icon to show my game players in some game. And I was like, oh, this stuff is really cool. And then I found out you're in Savannah. And so that was really kind of a cool way to find some art. And I think that's a great place for us to start. Describe kind of the work that you make because it's really moody, really sort of interesting. It feels like every character that you draw has sort of a story to them, um, which I think is really cool. So talk a little bit about your work. I am an illustrator. I'm an artist and an illustrator. My work is definitely very spooky in nature, uh, very fantastic, very dark. Um, I do think the dark aspects of it, a lot of my stuff, even whether or not the storyline is like a darker or moodier, just the way I work, I do lots of pen and ink, uh, lots of mark making, and it just kind of lends itself a very, very eerie feeling. <laughs> no matter, no matter what I do, I, it always has spooky vibes. I could be doing like beautiful, beautiful like fairies and butterflies, and they're always going to look dark and scary. Um, that is I, true, I will say. And for those, if you, any of you go and look at any of her various sites where you can see the work, it is kind of funny because even those things which are 
somewhat innocuous. There's definitely a little edge. I mean, like, um, there's like a mermaid, for example, that you've got in one of your pieces here. Um, and I don't have the title, but there's like a mermaid kind of emerging and there's these, you know, ships in the horizon. And that's kind of the darkest mermaid maybe I've ever seen. <laughs> and you know what? It's really fun. And then it's, I don't know. It, and it's unintentional. It happens. That was not supposed to be a dark mermaid. That um, actually, I just went to um, a residency in Greece and that was for one of the other artists that were at our residency. And she was like, I really want a mermaid. Can you do a mermaid for me? And I was like, absolutely. Cause I loved this woman so much. And then I did the mermaid and I was like, oh my gosh, it just ended up so dark and spooky. They, it looks very, very ominous. It, it was just supposed to be a fun mermaid like floating in the ocean. And now she looks like she's luring all of these pirates or these sailors to their imminent demise. Oh, for sure. And you know, one of the things that I think well, let's take a step back because you went to SCAD. You got your MFA in illustration from SCAD. And where did you, is that where you first developed this style? Because it's really moody, but it's also, you have a really interesting palette that you use as far as your, your color choices and sort of the way that you're creating your work. Where did this sort of evolve from? Where did this first start? Um, I would say uh, my style really really i think the biggest the first main influence for that made my work what i would consider what looks like my work i went to a fine arts high school in greenville south carolina and i did mm. etching i did lots and lots of zinc and copper plate etching and i absolutely i adore printmaking but specifically etching um where you have to buy use the ground you have to draw into the ground and it's really like intense line work um, and it also, no matter what, it, a lot of it kind of gives it that Victorian, old, mm -hmm. kind of like gothic illustration look to it. Um, but I loved, that's why when I started really like coming up with my artistic voice was I loved doing etchings. Um, etching is very difficult to do at home because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's and it's like acid resist and ferric chloride. Um, and, you know, I went to college, I went to different places, I couldn't carry around vats of acid with me. So I started... Well, not without questions. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> I, uh, probably frowned upon just to have like, you know, like in the, your house with all your roommates, um, you know, big old giant thing of ferric chloride. Uh, so I started using pen and ink because it kind of, to me, gave the same look without a lot of the process work that was involved with it. Uh, so that's, I think that's where that really originated with. My colors, I really don't like using color. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like my color, I use as sparse of a color palette as I can possibly get away with. Um, and I usually just try to use um, like whatever. I, I try to get one color and just build from there. And I think maybe just working with values rather than color is what also adds that really dark ambiance to my work. But that's probably that's probably where it came from. Well, it's interesting though because you say, and I and I kind of want to, I don't, I guess I'm not pushing back, but I for our listening audience who maybe doesn't have images of yours right in front of them, and I mentioned in a lot of different places where they can they can see it, and I also want to mention your website, which I which I was remiss in in not mentioning it at the very beginning, but LaurenBoyle.com. Even though you're using a minimal like color palette, I feel like you're getting a lot of like value and tone out of the few colors that you use. So you might not be using 
like it's not a rainbow of colors, mm -hmm. but when you're using greens or blues or a lot of times when you're using like like purples and pinks, there's like a, a whole lot of value happening in there. And there's a lot that you can, as a viewer, like pick out and find and explore color-wise. So it's not just like monochromatic. There's a lot still going on. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah, no, it's definitely not. In I, my, I start monochromatic though. Everything I do, recently the way I've been working, like the past, I would say the year, I start with a line drawing and I do all of my value works with a line drawing and then I'll go back in and add color. So my initial everything is, is monochromatic, like trying to find like my focal points where I want to direct your attention, where I want you know, the, the main things to be for you to look at. And then I'll kind of, then I'll throw color in there. But value is, value is my first, um, my favorite tool to work with, be it yeah. or, or, or otherwise. I love to, and, and I, you know, encourage people who are interested to, to head on over to your Instagram because it's really, I mean, I love the drawings too. Like before you even add in the color, there's really, I mean, they're just these, they're really gorgeous drawings. I mean, you have a real <laughs> talent with, um, with drawing now, is that something that you learned at SCAD or have you kind of grown up and you just been into drawing like your whole life? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've drawn my whole life. Like I said, I went to, um, I went to a specialty arts boarding school, which is essentially like Savannah arts. Um, but it was a boarding school in South Carolina. I always say I sent myself to boarding school. Um, but it was a spec it was a specifically an art school that I had to, uh, you know, you had to apply to get into. But the, half of my day there was draw, like all I did was my junior and senior year. I just drew constantly all the time. And that's all I do whenever I come home. I just draw constantly. <laughs> you know, I'm not much of a painter. I don't really, I, um, I'm not really an oil painter or anything like that. But I love drawing. And like I said, printmaking is another thing, especially um, line-based artwork. I love it. That's, you know, that's my bread and butter. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> So talk to me a little, let's get into some of the themes that you're using here because we, you know, we sort of use the word spooky illustration and stuff like that. But one of the things that I said early on, right at the very beginning of this interview is how I feel like there's a story behind a lot of these pieces. And specifically, you know, like if you kind of scroll through your Instagram, you have like characters with literal names or titles kind of underneath them. There are interactions between multiple characters in certain images that sort of imply something that has already happened or something that's about to happen. There's certainly a, mm, I guess you might say, well, there's a lot happening off screen. Let's just say that there seems to be a lot happening off screen that makes me really intrigued. And I can't, in my mind, just think that, oh, you just decided to draw this, you know, a person holding whose eyes are covered and is holding a scale, holding scales or oh. this other figure who's like, you know, got a knife drawn and is looking at the viewer kind of like maybe a certain, there's a certain level of uncertainty, you know, as a viewer looking at that drawing. So talk a little bit about that, like the inspirations behind your pieces. I mean, I know you mentioned that you, had a friend who wanted you to do a mermaid. And so you did a mermaid, but beyond yeah. that, like some of these things that are maybe more of your own invention, like where are those coming from? Where are those ideas coming from? 
Um, I like to do things that kind of draw upon, I don't want to get too like philosophical, like the Jungian idea of the collective unconscious, you know, like these certain, certain images um, and certain objects carry, I think, a little bit more conceptual weight than other things. Um, I enjoy the looking at the symbolism that are kind of in like everyday things. Like flor- a lot of florals is something that you'll see a lot in my work um, because, you know, well, I love drawing florals, but also they, if you look at like, the, especially in Victorian times, like all of the meanings that they would have in their different flowers are things that I just kind of like adds another level of meaning to the work. And you know, hands is also another symbol that you will see a lot uh-huh. of, a lot in my work. Um, I think hands can really, without beating you over the head with a meeting, I think hands can express a lot of intention and emotion without it being really straightforward. I don't like to be, like I said, I don't really care to beat you over the head with things sometimes. <laughs> I like to add, I like to have more subtle layers of meaning, but I also like to leave it open so that people can look at something and kind of bring their own stories to the table as well. Um, so that's kind of like a, a really middle point that I'm trying. It's, it's a balance uh, that I'm trying to strike between giving you just enough information to where you can kind of at least pick up on what I'm putting down <laughs> and then maybe not so much to where I'm spoon feeding it to you. Right. I love the hands. I'm glad you brought that up. I I kind of think of them as sort of like delicately dangerous, like the hands, like there's, there feels like there's something um, you've got one of your more more recent images that's up on, on Instagram at this point. And it's a um, it's, it's just the line work as far as it goes thus far. And there's a character sort of emerging from the water and then these almost claw like hands um, that are sort of making this appearance. And like they, a lot of the a lot of the handwork it, it does look like like how could that possibly be bad but at the same time there's this certain i mean there's a, it is it is a little spooky a little creepy like the fingers are like moving in a way that is implying something else is about to happen um uh, I, which i love I like, I like everything to have a little nefarious underlying a little sense of n- nefariousness underneath it um but that piece actually i'm glad that you brought it up because i would have forgot to say it. that piece is for um moon river brewery oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i just finished it it's for their uh the, you know they released halloween beers so that one i don't know if you've had it but that's for the boo hag black oh that is so amazing you know um they're actually the Pinkertons. I guess you might. John Pinkerton is the owner of Moon River, and his wife Connie are my neighbors. And I actually oh, have cool. been to their Halloween party a couple of times when it was, you know, back in the before times when you could gather in a large, large group. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's really cool. That's such an awesome connection, and it's really it fits. Um, that's and that's a great transition because I did want to talk to you a little bit about your commercial work because. I know that you're working on a big commercial project, but before we get into these book covers that you're working on, which mm-hmm. sounds really exciting, I loved these mock-ups of the wine bottles that you did. Ah! And I thought like, wow, that would be such a cool way. And it's so, like, I'm not a wine drinker, but like, I mean, who doesn't at least a little bit judge wine by what the bottle looks like? Absolutely. Maybe to sometimes to our regret. I don't know. 
everything. <laughs> um, but I want a creepy wine bottle. So like, you know, I don't know if you've sort of pursued that. I mean, have wine companies been reaching out to you? Because I love those designs. And I, how did that come? How did that come? What made you think I want to do this on some wine bottles? That was actually from my thesis project. Oh, okay. My, um, my thesis was conceptual portraits of female serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it was actually, so my thesis paper was about illustrating like dark and macabre uh, subject matter, but my project was I illustrated female serial killers and I threw them on wine labels. I, I think wine labels and especially craft brew cans, things like that, that is such a cool advertising illustration market. Mm -hmm. It's just... They're so fun. I, the illustrators, I feel like for for those things specifically, wine labels and craft brew cans, illustrators can play so much. And I feel like it's almost like the weirder, the better. For some of them, like the <laughs> like the more mm -hmm. oddball your, your wine labels are, I feel like the more people, like the themed ones that come out with it. Um, I did have a, uh, not a brewery, a winery in Athens, Greece, reach out to me for those but then I just ended up sending them just artwork for the gallery <laughs> nice yeah it was that was that was a uh, really fun my for my that was for my thesis for my my conceptual my that was a weird project though I, for me because I was concerned with the amount of comments I was getting of women that were like oh my queen for <laughs> for like Eileen Warnos <laughs> and then, ah, yes, feminist icon Eileen Warnos. <laughs> but um, it's weird how so many serial killers just kind of have these hugely like cult followings. But uh, I think that's also that goes back to I don't know if you've been to Graveface Museum or if you yeah. And I I've interviewed Ryan Graveface about some of the stuff that you know his um he did a show of serial killer art. He's done a couple shows of serial killer art at. Well, it's at Greyface Records. I think most of it's up now over at the Greyface Museum. And um, yeah, and he's a big fan of that. Yeah, kind of I just think I thought I was like fascinated by the amount of people who know, like, I guess like the true crime fascination was really cool. So I wanted to dip my hand in that because I thought that was I thought that was really fun. So that's where the fine labels came from. I wonder, like, does that impact you like on an emotional level? I mean, because I kind of wonder, like, so I'm going to, I'm going to own up to something right now. I am a wimp. Like I have to watch a horror movie during the day and it has to end while it's still light out because my mind makes it real. Um, meanwhile, my wife Gretchen is a total horror buff. She literally streams horror movies while working. So like in our office space, you'll just like be hearing like screams and murder death, like happening in the background while we're like sitting here working in our shared studio. But I'm like, a, I'm a wimp. So like, I can't handle it. I wonder like, you know, dealing with this dark subject matter. I mean, how do you feel about it? Like on a personal level, as far as, you know, taking that step into that place, because you're not like exactly like doing, you know, abstracted floral paintings or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, in my paper, I, I thought I read a lot of research about how women, it's funny that you bring up uh, Gretchen, but I read that women a lot really paid attention to true crime because it was more as like a what not to let happen to you oh. kind of like main, like the female fascination with it is kind of like 
Because if you look at the stories that females are more attracted to, it's like survivor stories. So a lot of them is almost like a how-to manual. But for me personally, maybe not so much true crime, but just all of it. I, I am a very like sunshine and rainbows personality type person. I'm very much an optimist. Um, like I'm a teacher. I'm a middle school teacher. I'm always very bubbly and happy. Um, and I do wonder on some kind of psychological level if it's because all of my art is so dark and weird. Like if I just kind of get it out through that, like maybe I just all of it leaves my body in that way. But um, for my thesis, I did, I kind of, I did get burned out with the true crime. I was like, Ugh. and then I started, then I had to turn to like fantasy books. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to leave this world and I'm going to go into this other one. I've had enough of this world, the dark and twisty, this world. Well, it's interesting, though, too. I think that some, in some ways it's cathartic because I am actually a really upbeat and positive person, too. And I say I can't watch, you know, read, you know, watch horror or anything like that. But I read I'm really into a genre of fantasy fiction called grimdark which is like as you can imagine it's i mean and maybe you know about that but it's like the worst horrible crap you can possibly imagine like terrible things happen and it's not it doesn't end happy but i think there's a certain level of like ah that's not real like i can step i don't know there's something nice about that that comes with it when it is like oh i'm reading about this person that's went through the worst possible things and all these like horrific dark terrible things I listen to like really really dark heavy metal I you know like that's everything about me I feel like you would think I was this like just ball of black veiled energy <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm a sunshine I'm a ray of sunshine um but yeah I don't know I guess there's some kind of weird catharsis that comes out of it because like same <laughs> I love reading stories about people who get like stabbed with swords and things like that. <laughs> very good maybe we should tra- trade our reading collection um so uh, so um I w- let, let's get back to the commercial stuff though because you've got a big commercial project recently and I know you're really excited about it and before we went on the air, you mentioned to me that you have an NDA, so you can't tell us uh, I can't the see de- what series it is. Yeah, I- ten- yes. So it's a series, it's a book series, though. You're doing covers. So just talk about that. How first of all, how did that come about? And then sort of what are you up to on that? Um, social media, really. Like truly. It, it uh and I, I hate to say it because I kind of it feels silly, but TikTok. I've been making TikToks and Instagram. Like I just I have been throwing ever since graduating with school. I just kind of throw whatever is out there um, and see what sticks. And when we were in school, the main advice, you know, we did, we would go to like lots of different meetings and things like that. We were talked with successful illustrators. And the one piece of advice that they always gave us was make the work, make the work, whatever you want to be doing, make it. And then the jobs will come. So I was like, all right, well, I want to do book covers. (laughs) So I'll just start doing book covers of books that already exist or like imagery that I would Ah. use for for books. And I was like, I don't want to do like young adult and new adult book covers. That's what I want to do. Fantasy book covers. So I just started doing a lot of fantasy art for books that I've read. And uh, our authors started finding me. Um, People who sell books started finding me. And that's kind of just what I've been doing. So it was good advice. That MFA was worth it. Uh, so, so what what's what are some of the book covers that you did that kind of maybe resonated with people like what are some of those those images the ones mostly I've done a lot of young adult new adult that kind of like really in between 
Like all of us that were like younger and grew up listening to the reading those dystopian books, the kind of like you don't really want the deep literary dive of a, a truly like metaphysical, you know, we don't, nobody wants to be going out here reading like Borges and stuff like that. <laughs> but you don't want the kind of like young ch- child, like tropes that go with it. Um, you know, I don't want to, nobody has, I have no desire to read about like 16 year old chosen ones and the three boys that they can't decide whether they're going to date or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so um, but the work that I've been doing is a lot of like those like new adult book series, like uh, Thorn, Court of Thorns and Roses, Shadow and Bone. That's like a little bit, uh, a little bit darker, but still, I think a lighter, I still like to read, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. not like not the Brandon, nobody, not the Brandon Sanderson's, not the- <laughs> <laughs> a little bit lighter than the Brandon Sanderson. Um, but the dark fantasy work um, has definitely been what I've been doing. But the project that I'm working on now is for uh, the Bookish Box, which is a book subscription service that they offer alternate covers of book series. Uh, oh, yes. Exist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do like they put together these big collections of book series and they go out and they, you know, commission artists for alternate book covers. Because, you know, a lot of the times maybe they might not like the covers or, you know, some people have really serious book buying habits. (laughs) They're like, okay, well, I'll get the book again and then I'll put this cover on it. Uh, Like, you know, like little hordes. I mean, I have to admit that it. I'm an avid reader and (laughs) and, I, you know, I'll be like. I read this recently. I read this book that I really liked and this author had another book with an alternate cover. I haven't even read that book. And it was like, it's a hundred dollars, but it looked really cool. And I was like, and I was like really contemplating buying this book for a hundred dollars. And I was like, wait a second. I've read one book by this guy. I don't even know if I'm going to like this. And I'm like, but it's every time. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty. I don't even know this book. That's pretty. I like I'm a sucker for, for sure. Yeah, because I love book, love reading books, and I and I even more than that, I love a beautiful book. You know. Yeah, well, this that's what this company like capitalizes on people like me and you who just want to <laughs> books. Um, so I'm working on a series for that, and it is I'm I, like I said, India. I can't say what it is, but I'm super excited for it. I uh, I can't wait. I'm very 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 excited. Um, but because of it, a lot of my I usually do draw Halloween every October. Like, that's just kind of like, I just can't wait for October, Inktober and Drawloween, because um, it's just like 31 days of spooky, delicious drawing. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it this year, because I have to do... You have I mean, to like, work. You have to do... Me, I have yeah. to do... <laughs> not to, like, whine about it, but I was like, oh, man, here we go. I guess I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to have to do it. But it's been really exciting to get commission work out of school. Cause I got my MFA, like I said, I'm a teacher. So I got my MFA just being like, well, you know, it's none of this works out. I'm a teacher. I'm fine. You know, but it also allows me the opportunity to pick and choose, I guess, because my work is a little bit on the knit. Like it's a little nichey. Not a lot of people, you know, the spooky stuff is not for everybody. Like the dark and the dark subject matter, maybe not necessarily the dark subject matter, but even just the style. Like I said, like we were saying, no matter what I do, it looks dark not everybody's vibe for sure. So I, I, that allows me a little bit more 
the fact that I do teach, I think allows me to pick and choose what I want to do. That is so cool. I, I, well, I'm really excited. I know we're people that have listened to this interview will no doubt be very excited to see what that book is all about. And I hope that you will tell us you, you pass that information along so I can pass it on to the listening audience when, when that does finally come out. Now, I want to wrap this interview up here, Lauren. If people are interested in learning more about you and your work, I, I mentioned some of your sites, but go ahead and give people the details again. How can people sort of best get a hold of you, follow what you're up to, and maybe learn what those books are when they do come out? <laughs> Black, Black Fridays. They drop on Black Friday. Oh, really? Um, okay, very cool. Sneak peek drops on Black Friday, so I'll be able to tell people then. <laughs> My Instagram is usually, I think, the thing I update the most, and that is La La Lauren Boyle. Uh, my website is laurenboyle.com. Uh, Etsy is Lauren Boyle, la, la la Lauren Boyle. And I also have a TikTok for any of those of you who um, do the TikTok thing. Like I said, I teach middle school, so I have to stay relevant. So I have to keep up on all the social media. <laughs> so I do have a TikTok that's also la la Lauren Boyle. Well, old man Hessler doesn't even know what the, t- the TikTok is. So um, no, I, I do, but <laughs> you know, anytime that a new um, social media site comes out, I'm like, oh God, Lord almighty. Um, but yeah, yeah like, I, I, I felt about it. I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> that's when I thought I figured out Instagram. Now I have to like, I'm also like grandma Boyle over here. Here I go. But you know what, though? I will tell you that I've talked to a number of young artists in Savannah who have found some really great success through TikTok because, and I know it's becoming a little bit less easy to deal with now, but, you know, people that I know that have done really well thanks to their connections that they made through TikTok. So if it works, great. I mean, I encourage people to do it. I'm just too old and stubborn it's to figure really, it out. All of it is a numbers game, I think. Uh, it's just it's just eyes on your work. No matter what it is, it's just all about getting eyes on your work. And TikTok does that sometimes for people. So like I said, I throw my I throw it at everything. I throw my work at everything and see what sticks. <laughs> That's awesome. Well Laura Boyle, thank you so much for coming on Art on the Air today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week where we'll have another batch of art on the air.